Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Down Camp, a Royal Verse read-along and analysis podcast that sits out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host, author, <laughs> God, I did that really awkwardly, sorry guys, I'm really under the weather at the moment. I'm an author, buy my book, Home to the Wild, I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. <laughs> Today we continue our timeline journey with the Mark of Athena section entitled Kansas which is from pages 98 to 141. As always, I have my points to focus on. So today we've got relationships and generally what I thought of it. So let's dive in. I am, oh my God, I can already feel like the lack of energy. I'm really sorry if this episode's gonna kind of sound really boring. I'm, uh, I am exhausted. I have been very sick today. But I need to get this episode out, so bear with me, everyone. Uh, leave five star reviews so I can feel better. <laughs> or buy my book, because I'm also broke. Um, either or, if you want to help me feel better, do either of those things. Thank you. Anyway, this section is predominantly from Piper, well, only from Piper's point of view. So uh, here is the overview for Piper's section. Jason is still unconscious and Piper is freaking out, a feeling that isn't helped when she looks into her future's showing knife. Seeing a man in Kansas, Jason possessed, and her, him, and Percy drowning, well, basically is nothing that anyone would want to see. Jason Lee, Jason Lee, Jason finally wakes up and the other members of the Seven return and make a hasty retreat from the lake. After a small, intense meeting, they head to Kansas, intending to finish the repairs before heading out to sea. While in Kansas, Piper, Jason and Percy head out to find Bacchus, the Roman form of Dionysus, hoping to gain answers. They gain the key to destroy the twin giants they'll have to face, and those answers lay in Atlanta. Before they can get more information out of him, the god disappears and all hell breaks loose when Gaia possesses Percy and Jason. Or is she? She wants Piper to choose who will die with her and she has to try and stop them from killing each other, which both of them get a little bit too close to doing. With Jason knocked out by Percy and Blackjack knocking Percy out, Piper takes them back to the ship where she reveals that they must head to Atlanta and that they are not alone on the ship. The ghosts that possess Leo, Jason and Percy are here with them right now. It's like paranormal activity all over. I did not like, I don't like ghost stuff. <laughs> but that is the overview for Piper's section for Kansas. What was that accent? Here is the feedback part for Piper's chapters. 
I have a lot of problems with how Rick writes Piper in that it's just not good. Because one of the opening things she, she says while she's looking after the unconscious per Piper, oh, Jason, oh my god. What if he lost his memories again? But, if, but what if this time he lost his memories of her? Like, honey, that already happened. Like, other than your, like, obviously I know these current memories are real. But like, he, he has lost his memories of you before. I know those memories weren't real because he wasn't there. But the losing the memories of you has happened. And it was devastating the first time. Like this isn't this isn't a new thing. <laughs> um, I just wanted to point that out because I just thought that was really weird to write. <laughs> just also stop centering Piper's existence around Jason. It's stupid. Um, speaking of stupid, uh, the tension between Jason and Percy. Dumb. Um, I'll say again. Percy has learned before that he needs to give up his leadership role and stop, uh, and just stop it because he doesn't need to be the leader of everything. Like we've had this personality growth we've had this character arc why are we doing it again like this whole situation where like jason has like literal sparks shooting out of his fingers when him and percy are vying for like the head seat of the table when firstly if that was the situation they could attend like there will be two different heads because how tables work there is one opposite each other so they would both be at a head somewhere stupid but also just in general like again Percy's entire arc in the original series about not being the hero he doesn't always have to be the person leading everything and then just in general automatically he should have gone to Annabeth like the literal brains of the operation but anyway um I and just bringing up the whole thing I do hate that Rick makes Piper's entire character focus more on the attraction that she feels towards someone and just centering everything around Jason like the way she in which obviously she could does the whole comparison to Percy but it's a whole thing of how oh Percy isn't her type like he gives this allure of like being a bad boy visit like image so she would stay clear and like he doesn't look that powerful next to Jason which like why why <laughs> why is everything centered around jason you could just say that you wouldn't think that you wouldn't think that he was like super powerful because he does just look like an ordinary sort of skater boy kid but and then just mention but there's something in the eyes of like there's like a long ache there of like he you know he's seen some things like why center everything on someone's physical appearance and whether or not you'd be attracted to them like, Rick just doesn't seem to know how to write women. Or write from a woman's point of view, at least. Or teenage girl, I guess, in this case. Like, I swear the only time I ever get the chance to like and understand her character in this series is when she's interacting with other people, when Jason isn't in proximity and not on her, th on her mind. Which is very rare, because, again, Rick does not know how to write characters. Uh, he doesn't know how to write, like, female characters from their point of view. At least not well. Um, I have heard that he's done better with, I think it's Daughters of the Deep. Which is, I believe is from a girl's point of view. But yeah, he's not the best at it at this point. Um, Sadie is another example of centering romance and attraction of others. <sighs> anyway. Um, 
yeah like, <laughs> the thing that I don't like and this is where I kind of get why people don't like Piper because of how Rick's right, written her is that the way in which she thinks about Percy makes no sense because Percy and Leo are basically identical like <laughs> then, so there's this whole thing so when they meet Bacchus Percy is quite antagonistic because obviously Mr D is a dick and that's what Percy knows Bacchus to be like so he's being a little bit antagonistic and Piper is kind of going sort of basically thinking about how you know he's not acting smart about how you know he shouldn't be antagonizing and this is so stupid like this is you're not he's not helping the situation when literally Leo has done that Annabeth has done that like there have been a lot of people who've antagonized powerful figures at every opportunity and then she goes on about how clearly Annabeth is the sort of person to help keep him calm which also is not wrong uh, which is also wrong I mean again I'm sick um <laughs> because Annabeth has antagonized enough gods and Piper saw her antagonizing Hera in the lost hero <laughs> I mean just she's acting like Percy is like a wild card which like he is sometimes but in comparison to Leo Percy is a godsend I mean it's just it's just and then just in general stop calling everyone friends like when Jason and Percy are attacking each other she's like Jason no you're he's your friend I'm like is he fuck they've only they only met two days ago <laughs> three at the most they're not friends stop trying to make friends happen Rick y'all don't fucking know each other <laughs> I just this whole <clears throat> This is the problem I consistently have with Heroes of Olympus, is that there is no development anywhere. We are 141 pages in. No one is friends, and yet we're being told all the time about how they're friends. So we're just gonna go into the relationship section. This is gonna be a really short episode, because like I said, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, and also I don't really have much to say, because there's just, there's just nothing to say with these sections, which says a lot that this is, 40 pages and like okay there's a lot of big story elements that are going on here ish in that so we're discovering what okay I know that's actually a lie so the only thing that we get from the section is that we need to go like it's we're defeating twin giants this time the focus is twin giants and then the mark of Athena thing that is the set that is the point of this book and then Nico stuff but what we're getting from this section is them going to meet a god to get answers about what to do and this god is telling them to go somewhere else to get the answers of what they need to do we have done three different side fetch questers so far and we're nearly 200 pages in how ridiculous is that you're like rick you are kind of wasting time here like they're going for repairs, fair enough. Soid, makes sense. Why are we doing this Kansas thing? Like, what is the point of this Kansas scene? Because that doesn't make sense, because we're stopping here to get more supplies to fix the ship. We're then going to go somewhere else to get more things, and then we're going to go on the main thing of going across the Atlantic. We will be, hold on, let me bring it up, because I've got all this stuff written down. We will be, so it's Atlanta, 
Oh no, okay, so, huh, amazing. So we have another side quest that comes after that. So we don't actually get to going across the Atlantic Ocean, you know, the main part of this book, that should be the main part, until we're close to 250 pages in. It takes 250 pages for us to actually start the main travel for this quest to get to the main part of this book. How many pages is Mark of Athena? How many pages is Mark of Athena? 586. Jesus, okay, that's long. So, it takes us, so, hold on. Oh God, my math is really bad. 586 take 250. So, oh my God. Okay, so, actually that doesn't help anything. So, it takes 250 pages for us to actually get across to the Atlantic Ocean, basically. We then have 336 pages of all the other, of the actual important stuff. So that's a, just over half, but we've wasted a quarter of this book on things that honestly, you didn't need to do. Streamline it down. This book is nearly 600 pages. Streamline it. Get rid of Kansas. <laughs> Just have them go to Atlanta, get some hints. Whilst they are, you know, on the lake thing and they have the Narcissus stuff, get some hints around that period of time. Or get some hints elsewhere, like have, instead of having the revenge goddess with the Narcissus scene, have Dionysus, or have the revenge, no, don't have Dionysus. Just have the revenge goddess tell them about Atlanta. Fair enough. I just, it's just, it's just meandering. It's meandering, guys. It's meandering to get places. We have multiple side quests before we even get to doing the actual quest. And then we have more of them when we actually get to the place that we need to be. I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I'm having a bad time. <laughs> And the whole point is, and I'm only, okay, I'm mainly complaining because the latter half of Marco Athena is fantastic. It's just this first quarter that is just mind-numbing at this point because it's just dragging and, sorry, but we're just getting so, okay, so I technically did a section on plot. We're going to the relationship part, which is the main thing I was meant to be talking about here. <laughs> so, Agatha and Piper. Telling, not showing friendship. We've been told that Annabeth and Piper became good friends. They have a running joke about stealing things from each other's breakfasts. But we don't see any of this development for a friendship. We have a moment of where Annabeth takes Piper's bagel and Piper saying, I haven't seen Annabeth this happy in so long. She seems at peace now. And then that's it, that, that's meant to be the substantial bit of us believing that they have a true friendship. What? Develop. This is why I keep saying, like, if they want to have Annabeth and Percy be this, have Annabeth be part of the quest in The Lost Hero. Like, why? Why? Why not just to develop? Like, <laughs> it just would make so much more sense. I know the whole thing of, like, four people on a quest isn't always good, but, like... They don't pay attention to that anyway, so it just stop telling us that they're friends and show us the development of a friendship. 
it's just it's this instantaneous friendship stuff that I just abhor. And also, total aside, um, so Jason knew where the Roman camp was, which was so all the stuff was figured out in December in the Lost Hero. So he knew where the Roman camp was, and yet it then took them six months to get close. And we even see Annabeth trying to come find Percy with Grove for Aunt Tyson and stuff. And then she's suddenly back with Leo, Jason and Piper on the boat going to Camp Jupiter. But like, so yeah, it took them six months from Jason saying, hey, this is where the camp is. Or did he just not tell them? I don't know. It's just, it feels a bit like a plot hole because like, why did it take them six months? I know he only reappeared suddenly. But, like, surely they could have gone to the camp sooner. <laughs> like, have Annabeth be, like, an early scouting person of appearing there. And also, why didn't Jason tell Annabeth that they would, like, Camp Jupiter would have a problem with her being a child of Athena? I feel like that's something significant. Why hasn't this boy told anyone shit about Camp Jupiter? Jason, you're a terrible leader, my god. <laughs> anyway, Percy and Jason rivalry done just done like establish their conflict with each other establish why they can be seen as opposites and could butt heads like they've not really interacted prior to that whole scene with the chair and like other but they've not talked because jason has been fucking unconscious for most of the time percy has been on this boat they have one small moment when they're on land in camp jupiter and then like that's it it doesn't go any further from there I just establish the conflict. I just, I just don't understand what, like we've spent a long time at this current point just meandering in some places. Just, if you want to have conflict between them, just establish it. There's a lot of issues that Rick has with like not establishing a lot of things. Like this conflict just kind of came out of nowhere. Like it doesn't really make any sense why there is a sudden conflict. Same with the whole, oh, but you guys are friends. I'm like, at this point, they've spoken maybe twice. Sorry, someone is moving a bit. I don't know if you guys can hear this, but it's very annoying. Why? You don't need to do that. <laughs> Thank you. And now they're just banging it about so they can hear me. Anyway, I mean, they just, they've just done this a lot. I think they just need to <laughs> establish. Establishment is like the key part of building a story with characters establish their relationship or create the relationship and build it from there <sighs> coming into the rest of that we have the leo frank and hazel situation where the conflict also makes no sense because firstly leo is being a dick to frank um constantly questioning him going at him just kind of put, making fun of him in some degrees um and it does get a lot worse like, this is just like the early stages of him being annoying towards Frank and then Hazel just kind of there but the way in which Piper is presenting it and the way in which Rick is writing it is that they're all involved in the situation when really it's just Leo being weird and seemingly trying to get a rise out of Frank while flirting with Hazel who is in a relationship with Frank like Piper says that Frank was showing off in front of Hazel to basically make Leo look bad. But he wasn't? Leo was... So basically this whole situation of Frank says, I'm going to turn into a crow and I'll scout and see if like the Romans are anywhere near and I'll just make sure it's all safe. 
And Leo basically says, why don't you become a dragon? I mean, that's so, like, that's so much cooler. Why would you want to be a crow? And <laughs> Frank basically says, well, that doesn't make any sense because it's, that'd be like, and he describes it in a way that makes a lot of sense of like, that would be doing such a high intense way, like the best that you've ever done from the get go, which is truly exhausting. Leo then makes a comment about, well, that makes no sense, talking about the weight stuff. Um, and then, so they just kind of start fighting it, but it's because Leo is being pedantic and kind of idiotic and annoying Frank with, and I know it's the ADHD stuff in some degrees, but like, how is Frank getting annoyed about Leo kind of being a bit annoying about his abilities? Them showing off in front of Hazel? Like, it makes no sense. And then to make even less sense, Piper seems to think that there appears to be a history between Hazel and Leo. When that doesn't make any sense. Like, it would make sense for Hazel to look like they have a bit of a history because obviously she's seeing Leo as Sammy and is confused. But Leo doesn't act any other way around Hazel along being annoying by flirting with her. Like, only Hazel will have this appearance of looking like she knows him which will make it look like they have a history. I just, it just makes no sense. It just, the whole situation doesn't make any sense. It's like Rick is just steamrolling so quickly to try and establish a bunch of stuff, but it's just not landing because there's nothing to back it up. The only thing that is currently working so far is Annabeth and Percy, because of course, they, they've had a five book establishment for their relationship. They're cute. That is the only relationship that is working because again they had a five book establishment for their relationship some things are a little bit ott but they are also teenagers in their first ever relationship really like they just have really quiet moments with each other and i just think it's really sweet but that's the only thing that's working you just we <laughs> establish the friendships better which obviously me saying it now makes no difference because it doesn't ever happen but <laughs> if we ever get an adaptation establish the friendships fix it make it better change it <laughs> change honestly heroes Olympus as a whole just needs a lot of changing um and I, there's a there's a way to do it and if you want to know the way in which i would consider doing it subscribe to my YouTube channel, I Have Theo's a Friend, where I'm doing a series on this, um, which will be going for a long time because every book is having a two-part video series. So that's, what, 10 videos for Heroes of Olympus as a whole? Fun. Um, but yeah, there's just, there is a way to do it. It just wasn't this. I'm a dick, aren't I? I'm a dick. I'm ruining the fun for everyone. This is why people don't like me. <laughs> But yeah, look, I don't have a problem with the books. It's just that they're not as strong as they could have been. Like, Percy Jackson and the Olympians is the better series. Magnus Chase coming very close in second and King Chronicles kind of lining up with that as well. But Heroes of Olympus could have been incredible. It just did not, it just wasn't. Because there's a lot of things that I missed out, like the fan version of Heroes of Olympus of everyone being friends and found family is a lot better. There's just no actual basis for that. Unfortunately, just a lot of people think that's real. <laughs> when it's not, none of these people are friends, they're all a group project. 
and everyone knows group projects do not last. The friendships that come with group projects, firstly, don't exist, and secondly, don't last when the project is done. And that's this situation, that's how it's being written, but then we're being trying to convince by the narrative that these guys are friends. And I'm like, where? Rick, where? <laughs> it's just, there is potential, and it was missed. But on that note, let's go into the thing that you guys are interested in, which is the question of the episode. And what I want to know is, what do you feel about the seven calling each other friends already? Because, why? Anyway, thank you all for joining me for this week's section. Be sure to buy Home to the Wild, my debut novel of the Into the Wild series, out now on all platforms. And then join me next Wednesday as we continue our own verse journey. Bye, everyone. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and basically wherever you listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode, you can email the Best Damn Camp at hotmail.com, or if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks. Want more Royal Universe content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of Fran. And if you want to support my writing career, drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see just me to you all next time. Bye.